Welcome everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. We are 58 days away from week one of the San Francisco 49ers. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by Jason Aponte here on the Sprint Ride Option podcast. Jason, I usually ask how your weekend's going or how your day's going. I'm going to start by bragging. I'm getting Jollibee for dinner tonight, so it's electric here. I'm very excited. Jason, how are you doing on your Friday? Wait a minute. Jollibee's good? Jollibee's very good. So they just opened one very close to where I used to live, and okay. it's, it's not far from where Averly is in school at. Wow. Now that yes. that's so, – so explain to me real quick. Give me your elevator oh. pitch on Jollibee. Uh, Filipino fast food, fried chicken, uh, fast foods, a uh, Filipino spaghetti. They got spaghetti. Wow. They got a good spaghetti. Uh, what's the ice cream thing called? I don't remember what the ice cream is called, but it's spaghetti. all very good. I like that. That's a good, all, that's a good, that's a good all, all you got to get is the, the fried chicken and the spaghetti. You're happy. You're good. Wow. Uh, Jolly B 10 out of 10. Jolly B 10 wow. out of 10. That's awesome because it was open in a place that used to serve Burger King. I believe okay. so. Like they they opened it up right there. Very good to know. And you know what? As always, I trust Andrew with his football yes. opinions. I trust him even more with the food opinions, man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. You you just know how unhealthy I eat. You're like, yeah, he's a connoisseur of the fast foods. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said I trust I trust your food opinions because there's people who eat healthy that don't know what's good food. Yeah, that's true. And there's people, there's people that eat bad that don't even know what good food is. So I trust your food opinions. Uh, Yes. Jollibee 10 out of 10. I would highly recommend it. Rich Madrid is trying to get in here again. What do we do? What do we do? So here's what we'll do. 16 people in here. Let's open it up. First of all, like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell. And any way that you get the Sprint Ride Option podcast, make sure that you are subscribed audio wise, but I'll leave it up to the chat. If we get enough thumbs up, do we allow Rich Madrid in? I just want to say hi, or are I you going to help us break down the secondary? Yeah, you can help us break team. down the second. I just like I like Rich's attempts of let me in. Just let me. In. I so, mean, yeah, man. If you guys want, we'll get Rich Madrid a, a little a little surprise guest on the pod today. But we're talking corners, Rich. So we're or we're not talking. We're talking secondary. secondary. Today's episode well, is the secondary preview. To be fair, yes, Rich Madrid probably has some fair things to say about the one question mark in the secondary. And it's a hot topic on 49ers Twitter because a lot of people are confusing whatever it is that you think about what's going to happen with hate. And he and it is a hot button topic. So we look, we've got one thumbs up. Let's keep going. Look, let's leave it open for a little while. If we have enough within 10 minutes of the show. We will send Rich the invite, get him in here. That's two. We'll, we will we'll, send and, we'll and let him specifically. We'll specifically bring him in for the Talanoa Hufanga. And yes, let's save it. Too. Let's save it for the strong safety position as well. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. As long as Rich tells us to watch more film, Joey, I promise you, everybody could watch more film. Everybody could watch more film. Actually, watch this segue, Jace. Now, too early to use this segue, but the player I'm most excited to watch on film early on here when we get start getting the preseason tape, Charvarius Ward. You know, we didn't get to see a ton of him. We didn't get – I didn't get to see much Chiefs tape this offseason. I think I only watched one game of his against the Broncos. So, yeah, the, the player I'm most excited to watch on film preseason week one, it's it's it's, it's got to be Charvarius Ward. That I guess that's where we'll start the conversation on the, the, the secondary. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, while I send, because it seems like everybody wants to see this. So, yeah, we're going to send Rich the invite. Yeah, we're going to send it to Rich and get him in here. But I did have something lined up while I send this to Rich. I mean, this is obviously good audio. Good, Great audio. Here, you know know what I could do? I could list the secondary, the new players, all that fun stuff while you're setting that up. Sure. Go go to the secondary real quick. And little then I could chaotic here on the Sprint Ride Option podcast. Sure. We're trying to get Rich Madrid on. Always worth it. Secondary right now, we, we we don't have it split up. We're just doing the secondary as a whole, so cornerbacks and safeties. Cornerback room as it stands right this second, July 15th. Jason Verrett, Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Darquise Denard, great name, all-time name. I love his name. Cup of tea with the Niners last year, played 21 snaps. Samuel Womack, 
Ambry Thomas, Kadar Hallman, Diamador Lenore, Tariq Castro-Fields, and Quan Trez-Knight. And at the safety position, you have Jimmy Ward, Talanoa Hufunga, George Odom, Tarverius Moore, Leon O'Neal, Taylor Hawkins, and look at the name listed as a safety, Dante Johnson. Uh, the new names, obviously, Ward signed a three-year, $40.5 million deal with the Niners, Samuel Womack, fifth-round pick, and then they also signed George Odom. The two names that are missing from last year, Jaquaski Tart, he signed with the Eagles, and Kwan Williams signed with the Broncos. That's where the secondary is right now, Jason Abonco. Shout out to you, Kwaski, man. Go whip everybody's ass in Philly, man. We're out there rooting for you as well, too. But let's start with Charverius Ward, who I feel everybody looks at as, well, why did they bring him in? What does he offer to the team? Everything. Okay. Uh, Kasha Han actually spoke very glowingly about him and said, when I watched the film, he was the guy that popped out the most. And Andrew brought up on the last episode, Kasha Han doesn't really have a hand in defense yes. at all, right? But... Kyle Shanahan noticed this while watching their defense. And here's what I wanted to point out. Per next-gen stats, new new 49ers cornerback Charverius Ward had a breakout season in 2021. Ward became just the second player to force a higher tight window target rate, 46.3%, than the catch rate he allowed, 44.8%, in a season since 2016 minimum 50 targets. Here's what I wanted to point out. Completion percentage allowed, 44.8%. That's second in the NFL. Average target separation, 2.0, first in the league. Tight window rate, 46.3, first in the league. Coverage success rate, 64.2%, fourth in the league. Targeted EPA allowed, negative 12. That is 11th in the league, a little bit more. Highest tight window rate was Charverius Ward at 37%. Everybody's other great wide, uh, great corners that they believe are jar- Jair Alexander's number two, 34.5%. Ch- uh, Chidobi Awuzier, 32.9%. That is uh, from the Bengals. Greedy Williams, 31%. Rashad Fenton, 30.7%. If you don't understand what that means is when you think about the defense on the back end, obviously Tyron Matthew is there. Javarius Ward was, for lack of a better term, their best cover corner, their best secondary guy, and they left him out there on an island, and they did that on purpose for a reason these numbers bear that out i do appreciate next gen stats because they do line up with a lot of what people are saying in terms of film things like that um but without further ado before we do that look who's here hello it's rich madrid rich how you doing today welcome to the sprint right off podcast i'm doing good how are you guys doing we're good i just gave a bunch of nerd stats from next gen stats rich through your film work do, does the film match up with those numbers from what you watched, if you watched it all? I, I'm not going to BS anyone. I have not gotten to watch Ward. Um, just didn't have a lot of time, and I had to pick, kind of pick and choose what I wanted to do this spring and summer, and I haven't watched him yet. Um, but I, the limited games that I did watch, because I think I watched like the NFC Championship game and one of their other games, I really liked what I saw. Um, I think the, if, if I had to guess, I'm sure the, the numbers probably do match the production on the field. Um, I just can't give any more context than that. And that's fair. Appreciate you. Cause we owe on the spring right option podcast want to normalize. I don't know. Andrew yes. thoughts on Charverius Ward. Yeah. So the big thing you, you mentioned all those stats. I, I, I wanted to compare his 2020 to 2021 just to see, cause there, there seemed to be an uptick in, People talking about him in 2021. The thing I saw, just I looked at the PFF numbers. His his passer rating against was 73.6 uh, in 2021, way down from 2020, 98 against. Um, but the big thing is he was targeted 27 more times in 2021. So there's definitely an improvement from that spot. And this is a position the Niners need improvement from. And and it, I guess it leads into other parts of the secondary to talk about, but it, it really shores up that number one spot for them, it feels like, at this point. And the plan with the, the cornerback specifically, because safety is a totally different thing, the plan with the cornerback last year almost felt like we have no plan if Jason Verrett gets hurt. And we saw what happened. 
Charvarius Ward, he 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 he's been healthy. He's only missed six games the last three seasons, so he's going to give that stability to now. It's it's my guess. I don't know, and maybe a question for Rich is to see how you think the the corners are going to line up in Week One. But my guess, it, it, it it's going to be Mosley and Ward starting on the outsides, and maybe Denard at slot because it seems they like him. They brought him back, so maybe him. But to try and limit Verrett, try and get productivity while also reducing his snap count and ward yeah it wasn't the name that a lot of niner fans wanted i know jc jackson was one available one big name i know there's a few others ward was obviously the guy they wanted because he he was the first guy they signed so rich how do you think the at least the cornerbacks are going to line up ideally week one against the bears yeah i think that's barring any serious injury i think it's going to be Ward and Mosley. I think those are the two best corners on the team. Um, I mean, I know I, I didn't get to watch a lot of Ward, like I said, but they they picked him for a reason and they went out went out and got another corner because they needed one. And I think uh, that was I think it was a good pickup. Um, and that's probably who it's going to be. Mosley, who's their other best, who's their other really good corner, and um, and Ward. I, I was watching some of the Packers 49ers AFC Championship game today for the 49ers defense and some other things I wanted to, to study. And Mosley really stuck out in that one. Um, there was one play in particular where he basically kind of in, attacked the inside shoulder of the, the pulling tackle and disrupted the run play. And it kind of jumped out at me because he's not typically a guy that we see do a whole lot, um, but it just kind of speaks to how good of a corner he is and where he's willing to go and where he's willing to stick his neck out for um, – so I, th- I really think that they're going to make him the second corner and Ward's probably going to be the primary corner. As far as them traveling with whoever, I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, they typically keep one corner on the same side, you know, most games, um, just kind of a holdover from the Sherman, the, the little, the, the small Sherman era that we had there. Um, but I don't know if, what what they're going to do outside of that? I don't I don't really have a good feeling about who's going to be the nickel corner. Uh, maybe Denard. You know, Kwan Williams. I, he didn't play great last year, especially late in the season. Um, and I, I understand why they they let him go and didn't bring him back. But I don't know who they're going to fill fill in with. It could be maybe someone like Ambry Thomas, who might be a little more suited for the the slot. Um, or Denard. I, I guess I I don't know. Um, and then if and then when Verrett's healthy, you could see Verrett work in there at that corner, and maybe Mosley kicks inside. Um, that would also be ideal too if Verrett's healthy and gets back to twenty twenty form. Right, and I think this is what again I don't want to get overly excited because we have people in the YouTube comments that were like, "Well, you need to slow down with how excited you are about the wide receiver group," which I don't understand what that means. But you know, and then he started talking about like a whole bunch of other things. Here's what's exciting about the secondary. For much of last year, Josh Norman had meaningful snaps. For much of last year, Ambry Thomas, who was a rookie, had meaningful snaps. Now, no matter what you think about what Charvarius Ward is, he's probably better than both of those guys. And Emmanuel Mosley is really good after what he just proved from this year. So it's easy to be excited and say that both of these corners – now you're really going to get crazy, are probably the best during the Shanahan Lynch era. Now let me explain. Richard Sherman, we love Unk over here. Everybody does. But the 49ers were limited to running cover three, mostly when Sherm was there. You didn't want to leave Sherm on an island. And let's be clear, even during Sherm's prime, leaving him one-on-one in man was never his strong suit, ever. Now, you are talking about the flexibility of the guy after all those stats that I, I just labeled from Next Gen Stats, which are various Ward, being able to play much more man. And if Emmanuel Mosley was the best corner on this team last year, this year, he is going to be against your second best guy. And that is something to be excited about. We'll talk about the safeties. We're just talking primarily about the corners at this point. Look. No disrespect to Unk, none at all. But they were somewhat limited in what they could run with him. And again, I don't, you know what? Let me take that back. Not limited. 
they ran what was good to his skill set. Now, the flexibility that you can run with Ward and Mosley on the outside, now married to this pass rush, you have the two best corners you probably have had during this time. No disrespect to Unk, man. No disrespect. Yeah, Yeah, and the the funny thing is, I mean, looking at the secondary as a whole, it's been – it's been the quote unquote weak point of the defense because if, if you compare it to what the linebackers and the defensive line is, because obviously the Niners, it, it, it's been this thing of elite at the, the pass rush or the defensive line, elite linebacker play, you know, especially with Fred Warner there. And then the secondary, it was just good enough. And this is the first year. Yeah, it's still probably the worst group on the defense. But that's, as I said, that's only because you have an elite defensive line and elite middle or uh, linebacking core. It's a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. They they close the gap, I would say, a good amount. And it, it, it just feels like – and maybe it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. And, and we're talking about the 2021 where it was hope Verrett doesn't get hurt. And then he did. Everything fell apart. I think the reason we have more comfort with this secondary is is now we're talking about Ambry Thomas with a year under his belt, Diamador Lenore with a you know a year under his belt. He didn't play a ton last year. They they seem to like Samuel Womack. They have him doing a few things. They have him outside, inside, you know, do, doing different things. And it, it feels like there's stability because yeah, Ambry Thomas ups downs, whatever you say. He wasn't meant to be in that position last year. And you, you couldn't expect him to be a top, top guy because he he was, what, a fifth-round pick? He wasn't going to step in and be that guy. But now he's got a year under his belt. You're hoping he plays less snaps. You hope the productivity goes up with less snaps uh, and not have him be exposed like he was in certain situations. So the cornerbacks I'm I'm pretty excited about because if like if, if – and it's such a big if with Ferret, if he can stay healthy – it feels like there's that depth that they haven't had the past three, four years with this group. So, Andrew, the question becomes this, and yeah. let's just play the if game. And uh, I'll throw the question out there. We'll ask Rich, we'll ask, and we'll ask you, and then I'll give him my thoughts. If Jason Verrett is healthy, ready to go, and week one, what do you do in terms of who plays where? And I'll start with Rich. Jason Verrett is healthy, ready to go, week one, and you believe he is what he was in 2020, which was a very, very good cornerback. Where do you slot those guys? Just what I said earlier, I think you move Mosley to the slot and you start Verrett at the other corner. Yeah, I, I, I go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, I, I, I would be bigger on easing Verrett in just because of the, the injury history coming off a torn ACL specifically in 2021, I, I would, then the issue becomes the slot, right? I mean, because you obviously have Ward and Mosley on the outside and, and I'll go Denard just because he seems to be the favorite very early on right now. I wouldn't mind trying Womack, but that's just more of a hypothetical. Obviously there's a huge difference between me saying I'd love to see it and Seeing what actually happens, he probably might not be ready. Obviously, fifth round pick. I I would be in the camp of slowing Verrett in and just just giving him five ten snaps, you know, week one, and go from there. Just hold. well, Andrew, Andrew. All right, yeah. so we're playing perfect world scenario here. Oh, perfect, perfect world, world scenario. Yeah, perfect oh, world oh. scenario. Uh, yeah. Then I mean, if we're if we're sitting in the perfect world, then it would probably be Verrett Ward and then Mosley on the slot. I, I mean, Mosley has the experience. He only played five snaps in the slot in twenty twenty one. But between 19 and 2020, he played 100. So he's he has the experience there. So, yeah, perfect world. It, it, it's going to be Ward, Barrett on the outside, Mosley in the slot. That's all I'm talking about. One other thing, yeah, Rich. One other thing they can do too, and and they did this in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't want to kind of I don't want to transition this to the safeties yet, but. They do bring in a, another safety, and you can kick down Ward into the slot too. They do that a lot, um, especially yeah. when teams move their best receivers inside. You put your best secondary player on them, um, and I, I noticed a lot of. I, I, I guess it's just recent because I've been watching this game, but they did that a lot with the Packers, uh, where they'd bring in Hufanga, and Hufanga and Tart would be the safeties, and Ward would kick down, you know, a nickel or dime packages to cover those receivers <clears throat> at the inside. So they could do something like that too. 
they that's can. Okay. And and that is more attributed that's, to the fact that Jimmy Ward is like the most slept on yeah, safety that's in the situational. League. And they'll do they only they'll do that heavily against teams like the Packers and the Rams. Maybe not against other teams, but you know, it's it's not uncommon to see Ward kick into the slot to cover Cooper Cup in the slot. Um, yep, they've been doing that for three years now. So, it, it, but it is it is a an option when they play better teams with better receivers. Yeah, let's just you know again because it's July fifteenth. We're having fun. Camp hasn't even started. Let's play Perfect World. Jason Verrett starts on the outside. Traverius Ward starts on the other side, and and Emmanuel Mosley becomes the best slot cornerback in the league because I've watched him play on the outside and cover guys at that level. And look, there are some great slot corners. Some of them are the best on their team. But most of the time when you play 17 games, you're not going to be facing the best corner at the slot. But Emmanuel Mosley is the best equipped. And there's more to playing in the slot than just being able to cover. You have to know your run fits. You have to know when to blitz. And that was what K1 was so good at. Like K1 was just good at the blitzing part of it. But I think that Emmanuel Mosley is suited to that. And if you are playing Jason Verrett, you don't put him in a slot because for what, what Andrew was alluding to, you want to save his body. You don't want him. You don't want that man tackling. You don't want him in there on run fits. You don't want him blitzing. This is where he would succeed. If this was a perfect world, Verrett on one side, Ward on the other, Mosley in the slot, and now you are really, really cooking with gas when you come. And and this pass rush could even take a step down from where they were last year and still have a better defense overall because Nick Bosa might get, and get ready for this one, a coverage sack. Wow, man, Nick Bosa might get a coverage sack. <laughs> you know, look, Rich in 2020 said Kerry Hyder got a bunch of coverage sacks. Why did that happen, Rich? Was it because Jason Barrett was out there? Pretty much. So now we're talking. Look, again, it's not being overly optimistic. It's being optimistic, but it's also looking at what's in the range of outcomes for this team. And this is one of them. It is. It is. Yeah. Look. Do I expect Jason Verrett to be full go? We're going to find out in 11 days whether he's ready to go for training camp and what's going to happen. But we are taking the optimistic approach, and this is just perfect world stuff. Obviously, nothing happens in a perfect world. But Emmanuel Mosley, I feel, of these three, is suited to go into the slot. I think this is a perfect time, Andrew, to segue into the good good stuff here. The safeties, yes. And actually, I I do want to start – with a question for Rich, uh, because I, I feel like the biggest complaint, this is something I've asked about in chats, and I want to get, get you to say it here so more people can hear it. The biggest complaint that 49er fans seem to have about both Jimmy Ward and Joukowsky Tart when he was here was the lack of turnovers. They, they didn't force a ton of interceptions, anything like that. And that's by design, more or less, correct, Rich? It's that's how they they not scheme the defense, but that's what they want the safety to do is prevent the Rich, plays Rich, more so than force. Put yes. that to bed, Rich. Put that to bed. Come on. Uh, to get turnovers, you have to be targeted, and to be targeted, quarterbacks have to be willing to throw at your secondary players. They don't target San Francisco safeties, especially the last few years when they've been really good back there. Well, uh, well, Rich, they do. They when target it's not. All right, all right, go. Where are you trying to lead me here? I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm trying to lead you to stomp out the Ward and Tart, uh, you know, turnover no, thing. And then Ward it'll segue Tart, into Ward and Tart are, in my opinion, a top 10 safety group when they were together. Um, they just didn't, they, they never got the kind of accolades or recognition that they should have gotten because they don't get things like turnovers, but they don't, they're like I said, they're not targeted. What they're really good at doing is erasing your downfield threats and preventing the quarterback from going there. Um, Perfect example, Packers game, you shade a safety over the top of Adams. You let the corner kind of sink under, take away that route and Rogers is going to go somewhere else and they, they don't get a target. And that's just the way it is. Uh, There's only, there's, you know, a quarterback and a quarterback will complete 20 to 25 passes a game. And that's going to be, you know, maybe three or four of those targets might go against the safeties, depending on the coverage. And 
if they don't, they don't. And the, you know, those guys are not really their, their defense isn't really built on them getting turnovers like that. Their defense is built on taking away your offense's strength. And that's what they do with their safeties a lot, why they rotate them so much. Uh, Jaquaski Tart plays as much deep safety as he does in the box. Um, and that, those are the kind of looks you're going to get from the 49ers defense. And the teams just don't target the safeties that much. Why And why would they when you can target last season, Ambry Thomas, uh, Demo Lenore, Josh uh, who else played corner Josh last Norman. year? Josh, they didn't Norman. Get Josh Norman, awful. Uh, Kirk Patrick for two or three games. I mean, there's you don't you, why am I why am I going to target the safeties and go anywhere near someone like Fred Warner if I know I could target you know those guys I just mentioned? It's stupid to even try. And then when when you know with Sherman when Sherman was there and they had him, I mean they never targeted. Don't throw him. They no, don't throw to him even though he got cooked on a lot of his routes against teams that he played against those years, but they targeted the, uh, the lesser corners. And that, that was the year that like Mosley came into his own because the Seahawks tried to challenge him with Metcalf and he held his own. Um, they picked on Witherspoon, you know, they, they rarely pick on the players that are really good. You don't throw against Fred Warner. You don't throw against Tart. You don't throw against Ward. Um, and that's why they're, that's why their turnover numbers are so low. I mean, and they have this, Tart has this stigma and so does Ward about not having any turnovers their entire career. Like, okay. I mean, turnovers, a lot of them are luck. You're just in the right place at the right time, or you get a a bad throw or you get a tipped ball. Like to defenders rarely create their own turnovers. Right. And Rich, I would, I would use your point and compound on top of that with Trevon Diggs got a bunch of interceptions last year, but he gave up a ton over his head. Ton of, yeah, ton of catches, ton of yards. Right. So imagine, look, you make a play here, but you gave up a 70-yard cast that leads to a touchdown and you end up losing the game. Okay, but you got your interception and everybody looks at that. Rich, what I want to ask you is this. Ward and Tart in the run game, they don't give up much, right? Like when, when it gets to their level, they are some of the best tackling tackles as well too. Yep. It seems like 49er fans – and not the people that are watching this or anything like that. I'm not trying to call anybody out. But for the people who yell about turnovers, they're not excited by the fact that there is no NFC Championship game if Jaquaski's heart doesn't run down the guy at the end of the half. Um, also, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And, and also, in the Philadelphia Eagles game, Demo Lenore got whipped. And Jaquaski's heart goes and catches him. And guess what happens? Four straight plays. Yep. And you turn the ball over. Everything is not box score. And run defense, where you fit, your tackles, not missing tackles, are bigger than your one interception that you get. Okay, cool. And that turns into a field goal or something like that. But then the the, the, the touchdowns you give, if you may not have given up that touchdown, but you gave up a big play that led to that touchdown. Again, it's you have to start watching the games at a certain point. And, I, and yeah, if, the other – the other point in all this too is they're they're not guys. Ward and Tart are not guys who are gonna sniff out the play every single pass play and and be a ball hawk. That's not who they are. Very few um, safeties are like that. You know, I mean, and very and even fewer corner. Well, very few corners are like that, and very few even fewer safeties are like that. It just doesn't happen. And even on a lot of turnovers, like you know, Tyron Matthew. Um, might have generated. I think he only had three interceptions last year with the Chiefs or something, and two of them were like a pass thrown behind a receiver and a tip and another tip drop. Then, well, and one need- of them was like legit, like he made a you know a good play on it. But and you look- could you could even do that with Ward too. His two right. interceptions against the Rams. It was it was the duck that Stafford threw yeah. in the first quarter, and then it was a, a drop screen by Cup or something like that. And I think. Yeah, and, he, and then hold up, and then the NFC Championship. It was even. It was another weird one, correct? It was a bounce off of somebody else. Yes. It was a, so it, it's yeah. a lot of his luck. The Rams, the Rams should have blown that game out if not for the two drop touchdown passes, and one of them turned into an interception because Stafford threw a bad pass. Um, and that's yeah. what that's what it, that's why, like people that want to sit there and criticize them for not getting turnovers, I just don't think have a real appreciation for what those guys do when you don't see them 
off the you know off the screen, taking away the the first and second reads and forcing the quarterbacks into the loving arms of Nick Bosa. So, so, so I guess I guess to transition it to the 2022 team because we were talking about 2021, but I, I did want to get that out there because yes, the big thing I see is is Niner fans complaining about the lack of turnovers from Ward and Tart, and it's probably it might continue with Ward into 2022. So I, I just want to get it out there. I want I want to get all that info out so people know. Hey, this is what's going on. So 2022, the safeties listed right now, as I said earlier, Jimmy Ward, Talano, Hufanga, George Odom, hey, Tarverius I- Moore. Leon O'Neal, Taylor Hawkins, Dante Johnson. Rich, go ahead, Rich. What happened, Rich? I had one other thing. I was looking. Um, I was in a in a 49ers space yesterday on Twitter, and uh, the subject. It was the same one. It ended after. <laughs> after <laughs> yeah, I, no. After all that, we we don't need to dive into all, it. After all, that, it turned into very real football talk. Anyway, okay, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Like, go ahead. After go like ahead. Uh, you know, 90 minutes of back and forth with that one guy. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, Rich, what was the stat you anyways, had? Go for it. Uh, uh, Chris, Mr. Roscoe's had a question about who gave up more explosive plays on defense, um, which position group. And I was when I was scrolling through it, I, PFF doesn't give you individual – like if you go to an individual player's stat, like premium stats or whatever, they don't give you explosive plays given up. So you kind of have to search game by game. So that's what I was doing while the space was going. I was searching each game and looking at the explosive plays given up, and all the pretty much all the explosive plays came against the corners. Um, you might have one, you know, in throughout the course of the season. I think Tartan Ward probably gave up three or four each, but the corners: uh, Norman, Kirkpatrick, Thomas, Lenore, uh, whoever else, whoever you, me, Andrew, whoever was playing corner last year you, gave me. up. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, no, Eric, Eric Davis, Eric Davis, yeah, Eric, <laughs> everybody in everybody in Niners Twitter who was playing quarter or corner last year gave up an explosive play. Basically, yeah. uh, Harris was back. Fred Warner had a back. few. Uh, the linebacker, you know, the linebackers had a few, but the safeties didn't. It was it was everybody. This every, pretty much the corner, all the corners, and a couple of the linebackers. You know, Warner. I think Warner had more than um, Tart and Ward did. And, and, so, and I will caveat that with um, not all of that is accurate. Sometimes they may, pers- they, they may score a play. Are you talking incorrectly. about PFF? Yeah. Oh yeah. They score a lot of those because plays incorrectly. I can't, That's one of my biggest gripes. Yeah. And, and, but this wasn't the fantasy stats that we were arguing with that one guy about that one time. There was one game yesterday that I looked at and I can't remember what it was and they didn't score one of the big explosive. Oh, it was Hufanga. They didn't credit him with that big explosive pass in the Cardinals. Uh, the second. What? Cardinals. That's all him. It was. All, you mean yeah. the one, the, the one, the, the one throw from um, Colt McCoy to it was Christian Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. One of the they highest credit, paid receivers. They didn't, him with, uh, they didn't credit him with that with that pass given up. Wow. Um, so some so some of that might be inaccurate, but in general, the safeties Tartan Ward uh, had the least amount of explosive plays given up. And that Arizona game, Tart and Ward didn't play in that game. No. So uh, that's another thing. So, yeah. all right, Andrew, segue into – this is what everybody's here for at this point right now, right? We're, we're, we're t- like, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, you know, he's been he's been fair. There's a lot of questions it, regarding – You say it so begrudgingly. <laughs> I, I Look, all right, look, 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 look. I just wanted to spell the narrative that concerns about players moving forward is hate. And look, this is another thing. This podcast is obviously pro Jaquaski Tart. Pro. Yes. Like, we're not just like, we're not just like, oh, we kind of feel we're pro. Yes. Pro Jaquaski Tart. And we didn't stand for the slander, never did. He's been on this podcast before. We're big fans. We don't want that to be lost. But we also don't want that to overshadow concerns yeah. that we have going forward while being pro Jaquaski Tart. Yeah. It's not hate against one side on the other. I think we can all agree, all three of us and everybody in the chat, Jimmy Ward is criminally underrated. Yes. We don't have to talk about Jimmy Ward. We know what Jimmy Ward is. And 
Jimmy Ward is going to be up for a contract next year. And I would advise you, because I know you're watching Jed York. I know you're watching John Lynch. I know you're watching Kyle Shanahan. All of them. To sign Jimmy Ward and give him what he wants. Yes. I don't think that that's the issue here. I think what we are worried about, what a lot of 49er fans either have concerns about or they just feel like is not an issue, is strong safety. And that's where I'll leave it to Andrew. Yes, obviously. And even too, like we, we are pro Jukowski Tart. I've even said, though, on the topic of obviously we're talking about Talanoa Hufanga. I've said I, I like him in sub package situations where he plays closer to the line of scrimmage. I, I'll admit that where he leaves a lot to be desired is coverage. He's had some not so great games. Lapses. Uh, some lapses. And if you're just looking at the raw numbers, I not I know it's not the best way to look at it. 11 receptions allowed on 17 targets in 2021, uh, allowed two touchdowns and a passer rating against of 130. And I know, as I said, that's not the best way to look at it, but it's there. It exists. It's numbers. We could talk about that. Rich, is the drop-off going to be significant from Tart to Talanoa Hufanga? And and if and if it isn't like what what give, I guess the question is give me the positives give me the negatives of what you see from Don Oliver. You is know what's good? He, he's quick, warming up his wrist. He's rubbing yeah. his hands. Real, quick, real so, quick before Andrew answers this, I mean before Rich answers this, Andrew, you are a gem. You are an yes, absolute gem of like of of not uh, you are e- easily the best of not one saying anything that is over inflammatory looking for any but you are like leading rich into the right direction of where he wants to talk about it and everything you know i just want you to know before you know we're 36 minutes in andrew pasquini best in the business in terms of being down the middle man i promise you rich go for it he needs to tweet more inflammatory stuff He won't. It'll he never was, happen. It'll never happen. I tweeted after the Rams acquired Matt Stafford, a very reactionary, the 49ers are the worst team in the NFC West. And I had Seahawks fans yelling at me. Okay. Even they were like, yo. So I, I try, I, I, I'm probably closer to the season, you'll get like hot take Andrew. Well, a little more. No. It's the <laughs> offseason. I don't want to be yelled at about my 14th different tweet about trade. I, get, I texted you. I texted you that one last night. That you, <laughs> you said I should do it. And I said, nah, I'm not going to. You should do it. Uh, I'm dying. I'm not I don't gonna, even remember what, gonna, I'm, what it is here, though. I'm still. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to read it in my head here. I forget no, what it to was. Be, to be fair, to be fair, Andrew is the level-headed person of this this podcast i continue to be the guy who just jumps out the window and says anything that's crazy and i will continue to be that because i am myself i might might tweet it i might tweet. rich (laughs) secondary and we're talking about strong safety at this point speak to me about what's going what's what you think is going to happen going forward what is probably and and give me give give me the pros and cons of hafunga as well like like, give, give me give me give me what you think um, it's Rich. Hold on, before you start, before you start, do we all believe that Hufanga is going to start? Because I do. Yes. Hand up. Hand up. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else is going to. They don't have anyone else. Yeah, it's, not, it's, more. it's not more. It's not more. It's not Leon O'Neill. So let's just like stop. Leon, I don't think Leon O'Neill is going to make the team. But all right, well that's <laughs> that's another separate. discussion, and, and you're gonna get you're gonna get cooked for that, like just for saying that. Uh, Anyways, Hufanga thoughts. Let's go, Rich. Hufanga thoughts. Yes. So, who? It depends how the. So it depends what they're gonna do to the scheme and how they how they feel his abilities are and some of the the things that they run in their coverage. Um, but if he's going to be the full time starter, I'd probably look at a little more single high safety with Ward as the deep safety because Hufanga is not a guy that I would want anywhere near covering a deep middle third of the field or a deep half. Those were his worst snaps when he was in those, when in those coverages, his best, best coverage snaps came within, you know, five to 10, five to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage uh, because that's just the kind of player he is. Um, He had two interceptions in college in that zone and that range because he's little more instinctual down in those areas but he does not have the speed or athleticism to hang with some of the 
better slot receivers or even some of the better um, outside receivers in the league and, and cover two or quarters, uh, anything with two deep safeties. He just he can't uh, he can't hold his ground and he can't make it up good enough unless the quarterback throws a really bad pass. Um, and it, so if you're going to have to shade a lot of help his way if he's going to play primarily a deep half safety role because that's the 49ers have been playing more cover two uh, covered shells. Uh, and that's, that's cover two. That's cover five, man. That's quarters. Uh, that's cover six, you know, which is that hybrid cover two, cover, cover four yeah. shell. Um, and he, he does not have a lot of good snaps in those positions. So if they're going to use, if they're going to play a little more single high cover three, cover one man, um, cover one to or cover three to trips type stuff. Yeah. You know, then he's a guy, he's, he's, he's a guy who will play down. He should play down low. They, they should not be moving him back deep. Um, <laughs> Roscoe's big U S big USC fan. He likes big USC guy. First of all, look, shout out to Chris, man. Love shout Chris. Out Chris, but Matt Liner's the best quarterback in the world. Um, who found the best safety in the world? Reggie Bush is the best running back who's ever played. I'm, like, I'm guilty I'm of it too, though, because I'm a big Jameis well, Winston I'm, guy. I'm a right there with Chris. So I, you know, I, I just I knew about Matt Liner when I was in high school because we played down the street from each other, and he wasn't that good in high school. Uh, and somehow oh, I'm just up. joking. But look, also Chris, I'm, <laughs> Wait, I'm you're a USC, kidding, man. You're, you're a USC fan, Rich. What? You are a USC fan? Yeah. Okay, so so in twenty twenty four. So this is so this is isn't biased information like that, no. that Rich is giving. Rich. I'm going. I'm going way sidebar though. In twenty twenty four, are you Harbaugh? Are you USC? I need you to pick a side. I, I'll always root for Harbaugh. There, that's all. That's all I needed to hear. I'm happy. That's all I needed. Well, to all hear. right. So look. So look to confi- to continue the Hufanga <laughs> talk real quick. Look. There's guys who are very fast and they have, you know, many attributes and they're athletic and everything. You know, Tavares Moore runs this and that, and I've seen that a bunch of times. That's cool. There's more to play in the position than that. The thing is, is that Hufanga needs to get better instinctually, and he has to be better at understanding what defenses are doing to him. If he is going to be left out on those coverages, then it is his speed. Because his speed... His speed and athleticism won't make up for any lapses. In, yeah. If you make yeah. one false step, you can't get back. That's yeah. it. He, he does not have the ability to recover that well like that. He needs to make the right decision before the, the shit in front 100%. of him ever happens. 100%. That's work like he did for the a few plays in the Packers game. Um, and that's kind of like, well, you already know where the Packers are going. It's kind of easy to, to figure out where you need to be. But a lot of his his – Worst snaps either came because he's not athletic or fast enough to get back after he gets beat or right. he doesn't make the right decision. If he can make the right decision, he'll eliminate half the issues he has back there. I still wouldn't feel comfortable with him back there on a on a full time or even semi, you know, mostly part time basis. But, you know, again, we're, we're not in the in the coach's room. We don't know how he's going to clean things up this year. I hope he improves. You don't. I don't ever want yeah. these guys to to get worse no. or show that they can't do it. No, because the best thing for them would be if he improves because he can be a really great player if he can yes. turn if he can translate those short area uh, around the line of scrimmage instincts into something on the back end. Um, then they then they will they will have hit on another gem in the fifth round. One more but thing I, I wanted to point out. I don't one, see it. one more thing I wanted to point out. Um, Because Rich is absolutely right. Okay, look. I would implore anybody to go look at the first Rams game where the 49ers dominated that game. But it's the first snap of the game. And Tyrone Hufanga is on the field. And look, Rich. Look, look, I'm going to get to it. Look, this is it. I like the hand Um, rubs. That's how you know he's like, this is a good point. This is it. I know exactly exactly what play he's talking about because uh, you could tell right away that he – he didn't understand what he needed to do right on this play. Okay. And he left a wide receiver wide open that if Stafford had seen, that game might have went differently. So, look, guys, play result doesn't 
doesn't exactly for me do it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna implore you guys. Results, 100%. Right. right. So look, go on Game Pass, sign up for it. It's probably $9.99 right now. Okay. The first uh, Rams. Don't game. do it. I'll, All right. I tried Rich, to watch some stuff on there. Can today. I get my porno? Oh, sorry. Rich, you, no, you're good. You're good. All right. Look. K1 Williams and Tarno Hufanga are lined up at the line of scrimmage showing blitz on this first play of that Monday night football game with the Rams. And the idea is to show both of them and have one drop in the coverage. You don't like the idea isn't like D'Amico didn't run straight out blitzes and just have guys, one guy running wide open. Okay. Hufanga and K1 are on the line. The idea was K1 was supposed to blitz and Hufanga was supposed to drop with the receiver in the slot. The thing is, Stafford never paid attention to the left side. He looked extremely right. And guess what? The play ends up in an incomplete pass. But you know what happened? K1 and Hufanga blitzed. And this man, if Stafford looks this way, it's a wide open pass for a 40, 45-yard gain off the bat in this game. This is what I'm talking about, about instinctually. It was the cup. Play- yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it was couples on the other side, but it was somebody who was wide. I think it was Van Jefferson, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Van was wide. Like, if Stafford looks, if Stafford yeah, looked it, left, he just he, gets For whatever reason, thing. he didn't like that side, and he went to the other side with Beckham, and the ball ended up out of bounds. And And look, I implore you guys, I'm not making this up. Look, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, right? Because I'm telling you he blew his responsibility. And you know what? The play ended up as an incomplete pass. I am telling you that that play could have started something that would have been a little bit different. That drive ended up in an interception, fine. But I'm telling you, you, when you don't have the athleticism and you're a rookie, I need you to understand exactly what you're doing off the bat. I need you to understand what you're doing. Because if Tart was playing... And Tart showing blitz, Tart would have got back. And it doesn't matter if he doesn't look at that side. There's a wide open throw for Matthew Stafford right there. And this is what I'm talking about. Playing with aggression is great. And you want that. Control that aggression and play with that controlled aggression within the scheme. And what they're asking you to do is all we're asking. And for me, again, Hufanga needs to play with more instinct. Because he needs to win with that instinct because he can't win with athleticism. That's it. That's not hate. That's not hate. That is not hate at all. None. I, I don't think it is at all. I think in college, especially now, like pure athleticism makes you a good player. That's just where the college game is. The, the NFL, you can't you can't do that anymore. And, and I'll, I'll end it with a compliment. I do like the – I feel like when you picture outside of maybe like the top, top guys in Warner – and Bosa, because when you picture, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say an old thing. When you picture all gas, no breaks, Hufunga is one of the guys you're gonna you're gonna picture on this defense because he is one of those high energy guys, and they love that. And we like that, but it's got to be controlled at some point. And if he can control that, he's gonna take a step this year. If if, if there can be less of those, hey, why are you blitzing on this play when you're supposed to be dropping back? He'll take that step, but. It, it happened a little too much last year for comfort. That's why there's so many of these questions. If he showed, if he showed a little more last year, there'd be less questions. And Jason and I, yes, very pro Tart. We would be say, hey, we we get it. We we we're comfortable with it. We we see where it goes. But it, it just wasn't quite there to automatically make us make fans assume that hey, this guy can play every down in the NFL. And Andrew, one more thing. Tarverius Moore has the athleticism that we're talking about. Straight line speed, all of those things. That Buffalo game in 2020, when he had to play, he was out of position many times. Didn't do the right thing on many of those plays. And he had that athleticism. There needs to be a middle ground when it comes to this. And and that's what Troy Palmala was so good at. Instinctually. You know what? On this play, I can attack. I don't have the straight line speed, but he knew where to go. And for people to just say, well, Palomalo is working out with Hufanga. He's going to be Palomalo. That's disrespectful yes. to Troy Palomalo yes. because 
that's you know a man what i'm saying is is this athleticism only gets you so far instincts only get you so far there needs to be a middle ground yes. and this is where hufanga has a chance to improve because he can't win with athleticism alone and he can't win with instincts alone but the football iq is what will get him a little bit further and i'll tell you this the 49ers are insistent that this man plays strong safety yeah. insistent they're going to give him every single chance to try this. And you know what? Jimmy Ward is going to help a ton. Yep. A ton. Jimmy Ward's going to take away a lot of the things that he has to do and, and, and you know, clean up things on the back end. What I want to say is, is this. Don't get so wrapped up in hype because he does play very hard, and, and that's exactly what you need. It's we're going to find out pretty quickly where this kid really is because yeah. you're going to get way more snaps now than you ever did. That's it. Yeah. We want we want Hufanga to succeed. We, we absolutely want to succeed. We absolutely wanted to have him take that step. There you go, Andrew. You got it. Rich, I got one last question and we're going to wrap up. Just just based off of something you mentioned earlier, the Niners using Tart and Hufanga last year with Ward in the slot. And to me, if if you try to do that with this secondary I think the name that would scream out the most to take Ward's spot when Ward's in the slot is would be Dante Johnson, would it not? Or is there somebody else you would picture as that that guy you could replace Ward with when he's got to come up in the slot? I'll let Rich go, but we're going to end this with – we're going to stomp out some Dante Johnson narratives. Go, Rich. Yeah, I, I really just I, – I was really just trying to get the conversation on Dante Johnson. Well, you, like, we know why they, he he's – always back with the team right because swiss he knows like every position in that secondary he's a swiss army knife um, he had he had some really good reps again in the packers game talk about it i mean he's he's one of he's one of their smartest players i mean he doesn't it doesn't always show up and he gets a lot of and i'm guilty of it too because every time you see a dante johnson play given up i mean all you think about is the 2015 season or whenever he came into the NFL, I think it was what 2014 or 2015. One of those. He teams. was drafted by the Niners. Yeah, or maybe maybe even 16. I'm finding exactly what year it is. Now um, he was drafted. He was drafted when Tart was, I believe, in the same year. And, and they and 2014. They yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's the thing is like he has that stigma, like giving up big plays early in his career, and then getting rid of him, and then him coming back. Um, but last year I thought he, you know, like as far as that position goes for the corners, I thought he played some of their better snaps for them. Um, he could probably play safety on a limited basis. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Uh, because solely because he knows the ins and outs of that scheme and knows what he has to do. So here's what's funny. Dante Johnson gets criticized for a play in 2020 when Carson Wentz threw the best pass that he's ever thrown in his life and will ever throw in his life for a touchdown where Dante Johnson popped his groin. And I'm literally, it's literally like Carson Wentz could be in a hot air balloon and drop that ball in where it was. And it still wouldn't be as perfect as that throw he had. And Dante Johnson was in perfect coverage last year. Dante Johnson on a play that Rondell Moore made that was completely out of his mind on the sideline in that first Arizona game that Trey Lance started. Rondell Moore made a catch that was like the ball was like four or five yards out of bounds. Rondell Moore grabs, and you know what? You blame Dante Johnson. Let me explain to you, and I'm glad that Rich brought up the NFC Divisional game. Dante Johnson pressed Devontae Adams into Talanoa Hufanga where the ball falls incomplete, but yet y'all want to y'all want to bait Dante Johnson, man? Look, he's the fourth and fifth cornerback on your team, and if you're asking that of any other fourth and fifth cornerback of that team yeah. during that big game, that man can't do what Dante Johnson is doing. So I think man, I think in the first Packers game he gave up a big catch to Adams, but I mean Rodgers had to place it into Adams like in the most perfect spot you could without a defender getting a hand on it. And it was it. cold. And it was cold. And the pass no, no, rush was no, cooking. The week, the week three game. The week oh, week three. Week three. three. Okay. I think it was a touchdown that Adams had. Um, but it. But, but here's the thing. Like, 
I broke – something stuck out to me in that game when Rodgers was throwing deep passes. He was throwing the ball in less than two seconds. Nobody can react to that. Um, not even a corner in press coverage, you know, trying to um, cover a guy like Adams. Like, Rodgers – I put a little timer on these videos. I, I have them somewhere, but snap to throw. Rodgers was throwing that ball deep 30 yards downfield in less than two seconds. I think I timed it at, like – probably 1.6 or 1.7 seconds. Um, just insane stuff. Like, nobody can cover that. So, you, you know, 49ers corners are really good. And Dante Johnson, I don't – you know, he's not like an all-pro or anything, but he is a really smart, savvy player. And even even with press coverage on Adams, you still force the quarterback to be nearly perfect. And I, you, I, I'll tip my hat to Rodgers every time when he does that. Um, yeah. and there's nothing you can thing. do about it. That's my thing, Rich is he's the fourth or fifth cornerback off the bench. And y'all are out here like, oh, my God, Dante Johnson's yeah. on the field. It's like, bro, there are worse people that you could be playing, and teams are way more desperate. for. So, look, am I here to tell you that Dante Johnson is imperative to this team? Like, this, this it's more to just – you, the meme has gone out of control yes. when it comes to 49ers Twitter. Yes, I, I, I think that's the right way to say it. Is is it's been memed so hard that he's been around for so long. He left, he came back, he's been around again for a bit. But like, like at some point, you have to realize there's a reason they keep bringing him back. It, it, Josh Norman was seemed to be a favorite of the 49ers last year. He kept getting in games. He's not on the roster this year, is he? And, and, and I think that's roster. the difference. Yeah, so so that's that's I think that's the difference. So I think that's it for the secondary talk. We didn't expect to go an hour, but once you have Rich Madrid, talk happens and a lot of good conversation happened. I don't know Hell why yeah. Rams. I don't know why Rams Station is talking so much. It's fine. Have, it's fine. No, no, don't no. Worry. Because we have we have Rams fan Rich Madrid with us. Like we have the Rams fan here. Right. But no, hey Rich, thank you for joining Rams. last. Look. Which Photoshop uh, picture of me is it? The Rams? Yo, no, 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 no. When, when the when the Bills beat the Rams, when the Bills beat the Rams in Week One, put the Bills hat on him for. <laughs> I have that. I have that one. I am. I know uh, you do. I got a lot of. I got a lot of Bills fans that are friends of mine. Uh, so I'm kind of like an honorary Bills fan, I guess. Okay. Uh, beautiful. They're, beautiful. They're, they're they're excited about Trey Lance because they think, uh, you know. They see maybe a, maybe a little bit of Josh Allen in him. I don't know, but um, they're excited for us, and, and they're not a rival, so who cares? Okay, hey man, the Chris Berman Bowl. Let's get it. Let's get a Bills Niners Super Bowl going. Hey Rich, you're gonna... look, 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 real quick. Rams lose uh, Week One to the Bills in uh, SoFi after you like raise your little banner too. So like you're already down 0-1, and the Niners win Week One to the Bears. So you're gonna be in last place Week One. Holla at me about 2022. We don't care about what happened. We'll be tied with the Jimmy Garoppolo led. Hey, one and hey, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real, for real, Rams Station. Thank you. Uh, obviously, a Rams fan. We're a Niners podcast. Thank you for joining. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate it. Hey, Rich, last, 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 last question. Y'all can't promise. build a stadium. Football's played in a stadium. Who cares about SoFi? That's an. <laughs> Chargers are the best stadium of the best team in that stadium. Okay, I said it. Go. Rich Madrid, you know, last the, question. You want to do it? Best quarterback in that stadium. <laughs> yeah. You you want to do a little show planning for us? So on Monday, we did our wide receiver preview. Today, the secondary. We already have Monday booked with the offensive line. What position group are we doing next Friday? Rich Madrid. Uh, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I just, I don't, I just, when I see this is on and I have time at work, I crash, I try to crash the party. So. Let me in, man. I, I'm just, I'm just Let asking what, posi what position group you think we should do next. It, it does not matter. Literally any position group you can think of. That's not receiver, secondary, offensive line. Um, linebackers. Linebackers Perfect. it is. Next Done. Friday, we will be talking 49ers linebackers. That'll wrap up the defense. So that that's where it goes. Oh, we're, we're that'll slowly... be perfect because I've, I've over the next week I'll be watching a little more uh, 49ers defense. And, and, and we, 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 
We can get Richard <laughs> back on on the linebackers to push the Aziz Alshair greater yes. than Drake Greenlaw narrative that we were trying to push. Hey, so so we got we got Rich Madrid back on the podcast next Friday talking linebackers. We will be back Monday talking defensive line. Hey, Rich, per sources, there's a website that you can visit that has words you write. Uh, you want to plug that? Uh, yeah, I get paid to cover the Packers, so Acme Packing Company. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember what the website address is, but just go to just type in Acme Packing Company. I got an article up there today about how the Packers run a play action concept in the Shanahan tree offense because Matt LaFleur runs the same offense. Um, so you can get some insight into that. Rich, huh? wait. Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur is under Kyle Shanahan and, and, and they run the same stuff? What? This no, is brand right? new stuff to me. That's weird. Um, Westcoastfootball.substack.com. That's the one. Is a thing I'm trying to get off the ground. Check it out. If you like it, subscribe. Maybe become a paid subscriber. I'm not going to say you have to, but if you like what you see, you know, uh, feel if you're feeling generous. If not, that's cool too. And then uh, when I get time, Niners Nation and uh, Football Zebras. Listen, you guys definitely want to read what Rich is writing. Go subscribe to his Substack because he is the smartest. You might not like him. He's grumpy sometimes on Twitter. That's okay. But he is the smartest man on 49 He might call Twitter. you a bozo. He, he might, might call you, you – if he calls you a bozo, it means he loves you. It's out of love. Yes, it means he loves you. So listen, yeah, guys. Go go follow everything Rich does because you listen. I as I said, I'm in this group chat with him, Jason. We have a few people. I get smarter every day because of Rich Majid. A little insight of the group chat. Our group chat name is 49ers Country. Let's ride. Jason Aponte, as always. Let's, let's go Niners. Our secrets. Let's go Niners. Let's ride. We're not giving a we're not giving away the free downloadable Simpsons website link. <laughs> we're not. We're not. 49ers that stays between us. Sprint, sprint ride option. Let's ride. 49ers country. <laughs>